Welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Rise and Shine. Again, I'm bringing you a guest, which are my absolute favorite episodes. So today I have Miss Nora Spencer with Hope Renovations. Hi, Nora. Hey, happy to be here. Wonderful. Why don't you just take a quick moment? We'll dig into all the things, but why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit of your history and background before we get started? Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm a founder and CEO of Hope Renovations. And Hope Renovations is a 501c3 nonprofit in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And we have a dual purpose mission. We train women and gender expansive folks for jobs in the construction industry. And we do that through the work that we carry out in the homes of seniors who want to age in place. So we do repairs and renovations for older adults so they stay safe and comfortable in their homes as they grow older. Um, my background, I, it was not construction. I get that question all the time and and no, not at all, um, which I think is the case for a lot of women in this industry. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was not a straight line. I, um, I actually had a career in corporate human resources and oh. did that for many, many years, um, but started picking up renovations as uh, started as a hobby and it, it became a little bit of a side hustle and <laughs> I loved doing it. I loved doing the work. I loved actually getting my hands dirty and pulling the wire and framing the walls myself. Um, and then at some point I realized that I hadn't met any other women doing it. And it just, that, that stuck with me and I, I kept doing the corporate thing for a while. And then finally I got to a point where I didn't want to do the corporate thing anymore. I felt like I, needed to do something that was sort of had more purpose to it um, and allowed me to give back to my community. And I went back to school for a master's of social work. And that's where I came up with the idea for Hope Renovations. So, How long ago was that that you went and did your master's? Yeah, I, I uh, started it in 2014 and finished it in 17. And I was the oldest person in my class. So um, I was in my mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah, that, that is interesting because I feel like a lot of people end up going for their master's in like their 30s and 40s. Um, but good to know kids are still out there and continuing oh, yeah, education, yeah. <laughs> you know, post-grad. Um, the reason I brought Nora on uh, for everybody listening is I had the privilege of seeing you speak at the Women in Residential Construction panel that was at the Building Expo here in Concord. And I know I shared a little bit of it, you know, in previous episodes, but I really wanted to hear from you ladies in depth and share that experience that I had sitting in the audience there with my audience here, because 
I left there and I had my girlfriend with me that we used to work together and she's in the finance side of home building. And we were just, we both were like, oh my gosh, we need to do more. We need to like, we just felt very inspired, right? Like there's so few ladies in this industry and we need to like rally around each other, support each other, open doors for each other and understanding that she loves numbers, not my jam. I love sales, not her jam. You love construction, not our jam, but we're all here to support each other. And we need all of us in this industry to make it work. And so- I love that your particular mission was twofold, that it was teaching them, but also then doing good with the knowledge that you're getting by doing these aging in place renovations, which is a whole other issue that's happening in our world is that, you know, these folks are retiring, they need different um, accessibility within their home, they don't have the financing and the fundings to go buy a new house or to retrofit. So I love this two sided mission um, that you have going on. So let's dig in. So you said what kind of got you started was just you doing renovations on your own. So like, were you like YouTubing it? Were you Googling? Did you have like a friend of a friend who was handy? How did you even like get the courage? Cause I have tons of like, I want to do this to my house, but like, I don't even know where to begin. So like, yeah, did you start? Yeah. Yeah. All of the above actually. Um, the whole reason I started even trying to figure out how to do it on my own was, um, my husband and I bought our first home and it was a foreclosure and it needed a lot of work, mostly cosmetic stuff, but some, some other stuff. And, um, I hired someone to come and do my bathroom and he did a mediocre job and it took him forever. And mm. as I'm watching him do this stuff, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is not as hard as I thought it would be. Like, I'm pretty sure that I could figure out how to do that stuff and do it better yeah. and do it, you know, to my specifications. Yeah. Um, so the next thing on the list was a kitchen remodel and, um, I hired a contractor and I said, you're going to do some stuff and you're going to teach me how to do some stuff. And then I'm going to learn some stuff on my own. And he was like, cool. Sounds oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So it was like a, was, a work and learn at the same time. It, it was. And, you know, and this happened several times throughout my life where I would hire a contractor and I would say, here's how this is going to work. I'm, you're going to show me how to do it. And, you know, you might think that that would not sit well with certain people, but I always found that one, they were real excited to to teach and two, yeah. they were just excited that there was a woman that wanted to do this. That seemed very unusual to them. Yeah. Um, and they were really enthusiastic about it. So yeah. just over time that it was YouTube university. Yeah. And it was, you know, Googling when you run into something, how to fix it and, yeah. um, and just asking other people how to do it. And yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I had a lot of friends who would say, oh, I, I don't know how you can do that. I could never do that. And absolutely, if I can figure it out, anyone, anyone can figure yeah. it out. What's, what's that quote? I think it's Jen Sincero. I think that's her name who says everything is figure outable. Yes. No, Marie Forleo. Sorry. Got to give credit to the right lady. Marie Forleo. Yeah, everything is figure outable. And it's so true, but we still get that like pause. And like, I'm one of those people, like, I do think everything is figure outable, but when it comes to like, I don't know why construction and I've been around it for 17, yeah. 18 years, but for some reason I'm always like, Oh, I just don't want to mess it up. And I think maybe uh -huh. I need to take more of like the creative approach that like anything that can be broken can be fixed. And like Absolutely. short of like electrocuting yourself, like you can come back from this and you can, yes. you can fix anything. Um, yeah. I just, had I, a I, I learned that lesson. I was, I was tiling my, it was my first tile job and, and I was working with a contractor on the, a bathroom remodel and, 
I just royally screwed it up. And I kind of, the next morning when I realized how bad it was, I called him in a panic and I was like, what are we going to do? Because tile to me felt permanent. Like it was set in mortar for goodness sake. And he was like, nothing can't be fixed. Don't even worry about it. He's like, I thought you were going to tell me it was a big problem. This is nothing. Yeah. And it's true. Like you can, that's the great thing about, you know, building something is you can unbuild it. Yeah. And and you can fix your mistakes. Yeah. Very, very cool. So when did Hope Renovations actually like open it door, open its doors, grand opening for you? And what, what are you guys focused on um, right now? Yeah. So we were supposed to launch in March of 2020. Oh, that's a wonderful time to launch a business. (laughs) That's difficult. Yeah, we had, we had worked on pulling Hope Renovations together for a couple of years. Um, and we, when we finally got the grant funding to get launched, that was November of 2019. So, you know, we spent the next few months getting everything together and getting ready and getting staffed. Um, and then of course, March, 2020 happened and everything shut down. Um, but we'd already had, you know, we'd had the infrastructure planned out. We had our first uh, cohort of trainees already recruited. And so, you know, they were on hold just like everybody else was on hold. And, and we kept sort of, you know, the holding pattern for a couple of months. And, and finally, around May, we were getting emails and, and texts from them. And they were saying, look, we need jobs like mm-hmm. the, the construction industry is booming right now. Yeah. What we want to get out there. So we masked up and sanitized and stayed six feet away from each other. And we got started in uh, July of 2020. That was, wow. um, that was when our first cohort started. And, and we had started two weeks before that doing our first uh, project in a senior's home. So summer of 2020 is when we got official. Very cool. So yeah, you're just, you know, almost four years in, right? It'll be four years this year coming up, which is exciting. And then how do your cohorts work? Like, do you have a number of people? Do you have a length of time? How does that all kind of work out? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're shifting a little bit for next year. So I'm going to talk about how it's going to be. Okay. Um, we're, we're condensing the program a little bit um, just so that we can get more people in and more people out because, you know, we always have a wait list. We always have people who are wanting to do this. And it seems like you know, we never we never can serve enough people fast enough. So this is going to allow us to serve more people. Um, but it's a nine week program and mm-hmm. um, we can take anywhere between six and nine people per cohort. Um, more than that, and it gets a little hairy when you've got nine people who've never run a saw before. Um, got <laughs> to keep safety under, keep safety yeah, in mind, right? <laughs> to make sure everybody's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the first the first half of the program, the first four weeks, we really focus on the core stuff. So, you know, introduction to the industry, construction math, blueprint reading, uh, tools and materials. They get exposed to how to use power tools, what the different tools are for, um, and sort of a general introduction to the trades, carpentry, electrical, plumbing, HVAC. Um, after that, oh, and they also get their OSHA 10 certification in that time as well. Um, after that, they spend a full week doing professional development. So this is something that's sort of unique to our program. It's not just about the hard skills because, you know, for this population coming into a male dominated industry where typically we've not had a seat at the table, you often feel like you have to prove yourself and, and you want to come into these jobs as prepared as possible in, in as many d- different ways as you can. So, you know, we talk about teamwork and conflict resolution and time management, and we, we do resume reviews, we do mock interviewing. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we focus on that for about a week. And then after that, they come out and they 
are hired as interns on our construction crew and they go out and they work and they spend four weeks swinging a hammer and they find out really quick if that's what they want to do. Yeah. I love <laughs> so, that. So nine weeks plus, you know, like another month. So within a couple months, they have a really good foundation. They get some experience. And then for that nine weeks, is it full time that they're in this cohort? Almost. Yeah, yeah. almost. It's it's a pretty big commitment. It's Monday through Thursday from okay. uh, 830 to three. So okay. big time commitment. But in order to to help people access the program, we actually provide a living wage stipend while they're in the program. So oh, participants get $250 a week. Nice. And that's, you know, that's to help them with whatever life expenses could be transportation, could be helping with childcare. Um, you know, for a lot of the people we recruit into our program, they have financial responsibilities that they couldn't otherwise handle if it weren't for the stipend that we give them right. um, to be able to access the program. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause it's hard enough to say, Oh, I want to try to take on something else, but then to have to do that time commitment and be out money is huge. So I love that there's that consideration given to the program and then they're getting the experience too. So how long is the internship? Is it just four weeks or are you saying like within four weeks, they kind of know what's going on? It's just four weeks with okay. us and four weeks is a short amount of time, but you know, you do one deck project in the middle of summer on a 102 degree day with no shade and you know, really That'd quickly like, yeah. if you want to be a framer, um, but, uh, for next year, we've got a new, uh, program that we're putting in place where after they get done with us, we're actually going to be searching for employers who want to then, uh, bring them on to six week internships at their site. Mm -hmm. And we've actually got some grant funding from the federal government that's going to allow us to subsidize that. So we can help with the costs of them bringing someone on as an intern for six weeks. That's so, huge. Cause I yeah. think experience then is going to become their biggest barrier, right? So now they know that they like it. Now that they know that they're, they're interested and they're capable, they're getting their confidence up. Nothing's more discouraging than going out and trying to get a job and being like, well, you don't have any experience. You know, right. like, how do I get experience? So this internship Absolutely. program will help kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. yeah. And we have so many great employer partners who've reached out and said, you know, we want to do this. Like we want to help figure out you know, a way to get them that experience and get them that exposure and potentially have some great yeah. employees at the end of six weeks. Yeah. And I could see a big opportunity in this if they decide that they want to transition into more project management and having their hands in everything, because yeah. home builders are always looking for project managers to oversee where they're not necessarily building the house, but they're managing the subs, they're managing that schedule. And the more information you have on all the different trades, the better suited you are for that role. Plenty of people come into project management with no home building and they can figure it out because the home builders do a pretty in-depth training. But to have that understanding of tactically how you do the work is kind of next level. And I've seen so many more women coming up um, into home building through this construction path. And I think that would be a really good opportunity too, is yeah. if I can help with that, let me know as I'm thinking while oh, we're speaking yes. to kind of get into some of these builders. Cause they do internships. Almost all of them are doing internships yeah. again in the summer, which is great. And that could be another opportunity to interview and segue yeah. into, even if they're not college grads, um, maybe there's a door there, you know, maybe there's a program that, that could be created. Cause I think that career path is huge. Like it's it a huge opportunity. Um, it, it is. And there's a huge need for that in our industry. A hundred percent. 
and and what you said is absolutely true. I've I actually was having a conversation with a builder a few weeks ago, and they were saying, I would take someone out of your program who has some understanding of how a wall is built. Yes, over yeah. a recent college grad that's never seen that before. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just a different ballgame, right? It, it's a it's a faster learning curve at that point, which is which is kind of invaluable. Um, when you when you were at the speaking engagement on the panel, I think somebody asked you. What was your why behind starting Hope Renovations and kind of like that moment that you're like this? Yes, this is what I'm doing. Like what kind of like sparks? Do you mind sharing that story with everybody listening? Because I think it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I so I worked, um, you know, I had done the the trades training or I'm sorry, the trades well, my own personal training for some time. Um, and just was learning how to do this stuff. And then, um, you know, I'd had this idea rolling around in my head for how do I create a program that can bring women into this? Because obviously we can do this. We just, we don't have this innate belief that we can, it's not part of our culture, the way that is boys growing up. And, you know, unless you have a dad or a brother or uncle, somebody to invite you into the industry, you typically don't come to the industry. Um, I so I went to school for social work because I, um, you know, I, I I felt like social work was the right fit for me because I knew that I wanted to um, do some some work around solving the big social problems, and I didn't feel like I had a good enough understanding of what those social problems were. Housing was important to me. Women's empowerment was important to me. My first internship was at a homeless shelter, and I was working with um, women there who you know, needed a job in order to get out of the shelter because there's no point in putting someone in housing if they're not going to be able to continue to afford it. Um, And we would talk about job opportunities. We would talk about, you know, what, what a potential fit might be. And I would always bring up construction because I was familiar with it. And I knew, you know, it's a second chance industry. There's low barrier to entry for the most part and the wages are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and by and large, the response that I would get from people was, yeah, I could totally do that. I'm a hands-on person. Yeah. I've always thought I'd be good at that, but it's a man's job, isn't it? Like, I don't know how, I don't know how to get into that. No yeah. one ever taught me how to do that. There was such a block in their minds of, I think I could do that, but it's not for me. Um, and the, there was no understanding of how to bridge that gap from, I think I can do it to, I can actually do it. The idea, like if you're in a homeless shelter, the idea of like going to community college and taking some continuing education, continuing education classes to become a carpenter, that seems so out of reach. Um, and I just realized like, this is an opportunity. This is the program I need to create needs to fill that gap for women. It needs to be a place where they can be safe. They can come, they can learn, they can mm-hmm. build that confidence in a safe environment with other, you know, people who are like them, who have the same life experiences, the same, the same needs, um, and then be supported into this industry that desperately needs them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And I just kept thinking while you were talking that I think sometimes we worry as ladies that we don't belong. Yeah. You know, and so then it's like, well, how, how do I then fit in? And like, you, it's hard to fit in when everybody else is a man and you're a woman. Like, what does that look like that? Yeah. And I had, um, I had another guest a few weeks ago, my friend Megan, who came up in home building through the construction side. And she was like, at first, what I would do is just be aggressive. She's like, but that's not my nature. So she's like, you try to fit in and you try to do these things, but it's not you. 
And so to give them a space where they belong from the get-go is huge yeah. because that's truly what's going to build their confidence because they're going to take action. Like right. for me, I, I don't think, I don't think confidence is innate. I don't think we're just like born super confident people. I think confidence comes as a result of just continuous action. And so giving them that place where they can, you know, swing the hammer a hundred times wrong till they get it right. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's not right. watching and that fear right. and judgment yeah. and all of that. Are, okay. You know, we're going to, we're going to use a saw today, ladies, like brace yourself yeah. and yeah. like get that learn, get that awkward learning out of the way in a really, really, really safe space where you can try it judgment-free. Everybody's new. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. And, and having that peer support too, you know, the cohort yeah. model that we have, I mean, it's great to watch them cheering each other on and, you know, yeah. you mess up, don't worry, you know, let's do it again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think there is a universal, um, just this, this universal excitement that we feel when we do something that no one expected us to be able to do, yeah. you know, yeah. this, this pride and this just built in uh, courage that comes from doing stuff that people don't think that you're capable of. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think once you, once you have that, once you feel that high from, from doing that and it's in, in any aspect of your life, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like trying a new skill. It can be like, maybe someone didn't think you were going to be a good parent and look, you're the best mom in the world. You know, there's, there's so much courage and so much confidence that comes from that. And that's what we're trying to help people create in our program. I love that. So talk about some of the people who have graduated and gone on and gotten employed. Like, how does this, how is this a game changer for them? Because that's really the why behind all this, right? Is like impacting lives through this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think when I started Hope Renovations, I really thought, you know, it's going to be a trades training program. Like, they're going to go be carpenters and plumbers. And certainly we've had quite a bit of that. We've had folks go into the trades. Um, what I have been amazed and impressed by is all of the different routes that people have taken and all of the, and, and what it is, and I think it is beautiful evidence of this industry and the opportunities. And, you know, I say all the time, no matter what your interest is, there's a place for you here. You know, like you were, like you were saying before, you can be analytical, you can be sales, you can be creative, you can be a hands-on person, not, you're going to find a fit here. Um, And, and our trainees, our graduates prove that to us. So, you know, we, we've had people go into everything from, you know, electrical, um, to solar, to landscaping. Um, we had an arborist. Uh, we had someone who she had done set building and, and puppeteering and she was very artsy. And now she's a carpenter at the North Carolina ballet. Um, it's it's like, yeah, it's like the perfect fit for her. And it's so exciting to watch things like that happen. And then we've had people who've gone into the project management side. We've had, we've got someone who's a commercial property manager, site selections coordinators. Um, we have two people that just took internships with Brassfield and Gorey, a big commercial builder. Um, yeah. So it really is all over the place and it's very exciting for us to just bring people in who maybe have never swung a hammer before and certainly had no idea what the opportunities were in this industry and ask them, you know, what do you like to do? Let's try to find the right fit for that and put it all together and help them put it all together. Yeah. One of the things that I found that, um, 
women who are like on my path where it's more analytical, more office, we're very creative. Like I think women just innately have like creativity coursing through them. And I hear a lot of ladies say like, I haven't done anything like creative in a while, you know, like, oh, I've been so busy typing reports or staring at my computer, sitting in meetings, like, and, and even for me, like I got totally burnt out on the corporate world. And part of my comeback from burnout was I started painting again and sewing again and like mm-hmm. using, using my hands. And I also think there's something about intense focus, right? Yeah. Like when you're, yeah. when you're building something and you're using power tools and you're <laughs> measuring and it has to be precise, like you are so focused and you're creating. And I think that that alone can be highly rewarding giving yeah. yourself that creative outlet, giving yourself that, oh my gosh, I made this happen feeling, but also using your hand and being focused. Cause I think so much of what we do every day is like squirrel, right? Like, oh, we're in a meeting, email mm-hmm. pops up squirrel. Oh, my phone just dinged squirrel. Like we get so distracted. But I think the thing that I love about when I'm being creative is that it's kind of like, it forces the noise to stop for a little bit because right. you have to be focused, right? You yeah. have to be dedicated to that work. You don't see yeah. many roofers on their cell phones. Like I just don't <laughs> see that when I watch websites, but if I yeah. go into like fast food, the kids are sitting on their phones. Right. So I think there's something about that, like that ability to be present, to produce, mm-hmm. to be creative. And I think we need more women's input in that stuff because we too live in houses. We too. Yeah work in these buildings that we're building and all of this stuff, like, and just even thinking of like that being a ballet set designer, like how great to have another set of eyes on something like that. Oh, sure. Where yeah. They could see something maybe at a totally different perspective and help bring it to life because of their skill set, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a graduate who, um, she actually worked for an airline and was laid off during COVID furloughed, like a lot of mm-hmm. airlines had to furlough their yeah. people. Um, they offered folks a severance. She was older. She was in her late fifties. Um, and so she took the severance and it turned out it was not a very good severance. And it, after it was done, she was like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. She'd always been artistic and she always had a real interest in tile. Like she had done some mosaic work, um, and some crafty type of things. She went through our program and she ended up going to work for a small home builder doing, like selections coordinating, like helping people yeah. pick tile and helping people yeah. design. And, you know, and, and it was not only was that a great fit for her creativity, but she had been a flight attendant her entire career and she had customer service out the wazoo. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. So bring it into like working with difficult customers and working yeah. with people who have high expectations. So she really brought a lot to that and then was able to to bring in her desire for a job that was creative and it just like it came together in the most perfect way yeah um yeah and it was really exciting to watch i think i think you're right about you know we we are very creative we are we do tend to focus uh and i think a lot of that with construction you know you focus more when you're engaged Mm -hmm. and construction is engaging work it has yeah. to be, you know, you are building things, you are creating things, you are part of a process, you stay engaged. It's not like sitting at a desk working in a spreadsheet all the time or, yeah. you know, doing retail. Um, and I think, uh, I think that engagement is what really um, allows people to focus and really feel like they're contributing and it's very fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I now I feel like I need to try to build a house. Like I need to go back, have a do-over, <laughs> totally. have a do-over and try to build a house. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a, 
I have a new section in my neighborhood where there's houses under construction. There's like one little phase left. And I take my girls over there all the time. And we go and we stand at the curb and we point to things or whatever. And one house was a little bit further along, had the driveway in. So we walked down the driveway. I'm like, ladies, this is a, this is a closed-toed shoes, hard hat zone. We don't go any further. We're standing here, you know, like safety first or whatever. And they just start pointing to things and asking. And and my youngest was like, what's that? And it was a little electrical box on the outside of the garage for the exterior light. And I'm like, oh, that's for an exterior light. She's like, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, do you want to follow the cord? Like, do you want to follow the electrical wire? She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like peek inside because they had already hung all the electrical, but there's no insulation or anything. So she followed it all the way over to the outlet, like, and seeing her little mind and she's like my wild child, but to see her like slow down and process this and be like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is really, really neat. This is how this is all going to go together. I'm like, we'll come back in a couple days and there'll be a light fixture up and the light switches will be in, but they just ran, you know, the electrical to start. And I don't know, I think there's so many opportunities there to spark interest, to spark intrigue, to explore curiosity and see where it takes you and knowing it may take you in a million and one different places, right? It sounds like you get graduates that kind of go in all different kinds of directions, but it's opening a door for them that they didn't necessarily see was a door that could be open for them before. Yeah. You think that's, yeah. that's the yeah. point, it, right? Like that's the goal. It is. It is. I think a lot of times, gosh, most times in this industry, um, we feel like we have to be invited, you know, yeah. and a lot of, a lot of women that I meet in this industry, that's the case. There was someone, normally a man who was working and he said, I think you'd be really good at this, mm-hmm. you know, come check this job out. Or maybe you might want to be, you know, might want to consider this. Um, we don't have to be invited. We can invite ourselves, you know, and and we are at a point, a really critical point right now in the industry where like they're like, you you don't have to have to have an invitation. There's such a desperate need. I mean, we're going to be losing 40% of our workforce in the next eight years to retirement. Um, So, you know, people are needed. And if there was ever a good time to just say, Hey, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. It's now for sure. Yeah. And, and now not within the eight years, cause we need the transfer of knowledge. So that's another concern right. is all these seasoned people are going to leave and it's like, who's going to train them. <laughs> so yeah. we need that like transfer of knowledge to continue to happen too. Um, which is, you know, that that's, that's how the generations keep turning and keep turning and keep turning. But we've had just such a gap of new people entering this mm-hmm. industry that we're a little behind the time. So I love the work that you're doing. I am so grateful that you agreed to my LinkedIn request, I think, or maybe I went on your website, did something, yeah. like, please, can we chat? I would love to have you on my show. Any opportunity um, to, to talk up women in this industry, I'm always, I'm all in. I love it. I love it. So final thoughts, if you had, well, two things, one, well, how can everybody help? Like you're in Raleigh, but even if they're not local, how can if they are and yeah. if they aren't, how can they help yeah. with renovations and the good work that you guys are doing there? Yeah, great question. So um, we're based in Chapel Hill right now, but uh, next year we're going to be expanding. So we're actually going to be putting our classes at Wake Tech Community College and Durham Tech Community College. So mm-hmm. we're officially going to be all over the region. Um, you know, obviously we're a nonprofit. So, you know, donations are are always really critical for keeping the lights on. Um, in-kind donations, you know, we get folks that, that bring us um, materials that we can use in our renovations for seniors. That's always very helpful. Um, if you are a woman in the industry and you have a desire to give back and you want to come, uh, you know, be on one of our tradeswomen panels or mentor one of our graduates, we'd love to talk to you. 
um, be involved with mock interviews. That's always, you know, a really great way to get involved. Um, and then I think really a big piece of right now is just getting the word out. We're young, you know, we're three and a half years old. So tell your friends, if you're in this industry, tell your employer about us, yeah. like just get the word out about what we're doing because, you know, we're not going to solve the trades gap problems and, and the gender gap problems just the way we've been doing it. We've got to start relying on, on innovative, unique programs like ours and others. And, and so, you know, having that support and having that awareness is absolutely critical. Wonderful. And for right. goodness sake, put tools in girls' hands. Yes. And I think you even said it the thing and they don't have to be pink. I love that. Give them some little tools and get them. Yeah. Started. Yeah. I'm still like that mom who's like, okay, are you going to do that? Like I'll give them it, but it's like with cautious like eyes. Yeah. You need to supervise, but yeah, but they, they do, they love it. I mean, even just simple things like taking the batteries out, like learning what kind of screwdriver, like we had the whole flathead Phillips head conversation, which like stumped oh. me as a kid, but we had that the other day, like ladies, this is what we got. This is when you use which one. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely think that what you're doing is wonderful work. And, and then my second question is, do you have any just words of inspiration for, for ladies who are trying to enter and it's still going to be a little hard. Like, I know we sure. like to, we don't want to butterflies, cupcakes and roses it, right. It's going to, no. it's going to take a lot of really brave ladies stepping out and building their confidence and going to this. So what words of encouragement yes. do you have for these ladies who are like, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. And, and I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It is going to be hard. And you know, the last thing we want to do is paint a rosy picture where it's not yeah. always rosy, but yeah. you, you need an ally. You don't have to have a ton of allies. You need an ally that is going to help you. And that doesn't have to be a woman. It'd be great yeah. if it's a woman in the industry, but if you're interested in a, a company or a role and there are not women doing it, find the guy who yeah. wants you there. Um, you know, find that ally and work with them, have them on your side, have them champion for you. They need to have your yeah. back. They need to give you that advice. Um, don't try to do it alone. You can, you know, certainly, but you're going to have a lot harder road if you don't have that person who's with you every step of the way. So that would be the big piece of advice I'd give. For sure. And for any of the gentlemen listening, I would encourage you to find a woman to mentor. Absolutely. Um, find a woman to sponsor or mentor within your organization and help say her names in rooms where it matters, open doors for her, make her feel welcome, ask how you can help her in her growth within the company, the role, the organization, whatever it is. Um, because I know for me, a lot of my growth came through male mentors because that's really mostly yeah, all I had, really <laughs> right? So, so, so we need the men. I know one guy was like, do you actually like work with men and talk? I'm like, yes, I love supporting women, but, without them. <laughs> but we, yeah, exactly. But we all need to work together. This, this is a, this is an everybody problem. This isn't just a women's problem and we all need to get on board with the solutions. And I think that women and, um, just minorities in general, you're welcome here. Come on in. We got opportunities in abundance. And if you need courage and confidence building, find an organization like Hope Renovations that can help mm -hmm. you get yes. your foot in the door, build that confidence, get the exposure, um, right. without, you know, going and getting a, you know, $200,000 college degree. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. You may or may not do. This is why right. I love the trades. Cause I think college can be a giant waste of money for some folks where I feel like the trades just such a, it's, it is a lower barrier to entry in that regard, right? You don't need all of this burdensome, um, tuition. Absolutely debt. not. It's a whole a other conversation for another yes. podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for another podcast. 
Well, Nora, thank you so much. It was great to have you here. I will be sure to put um, your website in the show notes, but where where would you prefer people go to reach out to you or your organization? Just your Hope, website? Yeah, hoperenovations.org. Okay. okay. And yeah, or actually you can do hoperenovations.com, either one, but Google Hope Renovations and you'll find us. There you go. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. It's a bye for now. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.